Like I can just, and I get to decide. Like, I feel like, I talked about this a little bit before, um, about how, like my mental health, I, I think I was having, the way I think the spirit was, the spirit was talking to me, um, was kind of like manic episodes, mm-hmm. um, where I feel really driven to do very impulsive things. Um, and at the time, you know, that would be like, get married, get pregnant, buy a house. Like the things that like the church wanted, I would just like do these things very, very impulsively. Um, and so now I'm able to be like, that's not the spirit telling me what to do. That's just like my brain. Yeah. And me being like, I don't, I don't have to do that. Like I can just choose what I'm going to do right now. Instead of following, like, the voice in my head telling me what to do. <laughs> That's, um... does, that, does that sound like, yeah. does, does that make any sense? Is that psychotic? No, it totally makes sense. Because, like, I... This is Not So Peter Priesthood. Um, this is your host, Jake Taylor. Um, right at the top, I, you can reach me at notsopeterpriesthood at gmail.com. Um, there you can send your letters, um, send your stories, you can send really anything you want to send me. Um, I And as long as it's not like a total, like, I don't know is it love letters hate letters i'm good with those but like as long as it's not like i don't know you can even send me fan fiction like if you got like book of mormon fan fiction i don't know why you would have that but you know anyway um i digress uh not so not so peter priested at gmail.com or you can reach me at instagram at not so peter priested and um also wherever you get your podcasts if you would rate review and subscribe that'd be awesome um the reviews and the subscriptions help me help the podcast get out to more people and to be more um get these stories and these um things that we're talking about out there more um anyway y'all are great besties um for the guest today we have um Sherelle, uh, she can be found on Instagram at actual underscore agency. And, um, she and I had a really great conversation and we, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to let it speak for itself as far as that goes, but she is, um, a TikTok um, content creator. She's also all over Instagram. Um, a really, amazing expo content creator that I, um, have been following forever and well, not forever, but you know, um, I've been following her for a while. So I was fangirling for a long time. Um, and I was so honored to have her on the show and, um, I hope you enjoy 
what she has to say, and I was actually prepared for this interview, and I had questions for her, and um, if you don't follow her, you probably should, and do yourself a favor, do that, and again, her uh, Instagram handle and TikTok handle are both at actual underscore agency. Uh, Enjoy! Hi, Sherelle. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. <laughs> nice to have you on here. I'm super honored and fangirling here. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're just going to jump right into it. And um, you were uh, just going to give us some brief, brief background on you. Yeah. So a uh, brief background. Um, I was born in the church, um, actually sixth generation Mormon on kind of both sides. Um, oh, wow. yeah, so, like um, Mormon royalty, <laughs> a little bit. I actually, when my husband and I were married, someone referred to our wedding as steak royalty, which is funny. <laughs> Both of our dads were in steak leadership and like the entire state came, but, but oh. yeah, um, I very, very much Mormon, um, as old as six kids. Um, my parents were married for 30 years. Um, my dad was bishop. I was like straight arrow Molly Mormon, followed all the rules, got married at 19 to my return missionary, uh, had three kids before I was 25. Holy shit. Sorry. Just, that's so much. Just, (laughs) it's so weird Um, to think of that now. Like when you, especially when you tell, sorry, um, just to tell like, people that aren't like aren't mormon they're like you got married when you had what (laughs) like it's just like you're a kid (laughs) just i know but but it was so normal like i was just doing what all my friends were doing like we all just got married super young and had a bunch of kids and it wasn't until really i got on tiktok and started telling my story that i realized how weird it was you know because i just (laughs) I'm living in Davis County, Utah. That's what everyone does. Like, <laughs> that's right. So, um, as a, let's see, as a like straight and narrow. So, what were the things that kind of led to your you actually leaving? Leaving. Um, I feel like it. Like, there's a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I did in high school. I did um like theater and choir and dance and kind of all my friends after we graduated it wasn't really safe to come out in high school but after we graduated like the majority of my friends came out as gay and I was like oh cool cool and I had a really hard time processing that um I didn't know it was at the same time as kind of like prop eight in California um and I I had, I remember saying to my dad, like, well, I don't understand why the church is doing what they're doing in California. Like, why can't we just leave people alone and like, let them make their own choices? And he was like, no, like, we have to fight against the LGBTQ. Like, we, like, we have to make a stand. Like, this is not what God wants. And so I was like, okay. So I kind of just like, when my friends came out, I just kind of separated from them because I couldn't deal with it. Like, Mm -hmm. 
can have both worlds kind of yeah and, the cognitive dissonance was too much so i just chose yeah. the mormon side of things um and that was kind of like my first big just shelf breaker i remember just crying for hours yeah. like not knowing how to like reconcile that in my head it's interesting um because that seems to be a huge pivotal point for a lot of people is the prop eight like um but it's uh like i can remember i was at byu idaho when that happened and i had to like debate in a, one of my classes about it and i was supposed to be which is it for or against whichever one was like against lgbtq <laughs> and here i am like a mm -hmm. closet gay and i'm having to like <laughs> debate about this right. subject and like in my mind like there's there's like the the cognitive dissonance you know and like also just like having to like in the back of my mind i'm like but i that i uh, i'm who i am you know and i'm just like <laughs> right. and i'm like but that's also a part of me that I don't, I'm not ready to face yet. So yeah, take them down, you know, like <laughs> that kind of thing. So it was just it was right. an interesting experience, but um, also listeners, just a little, um, Sherelle is wearing a rainbow lipped, like rainbow <laughs> lips on her shirt. It's amazing. Happy pride. <laughs> <laughs> yes, happy pride. <laughs> um, uh, that, so that sorry. was, do you want to keep going on just kind of like what broke my shelf or dive more into yeah. that or yeah we can do that um that was kind of like the first thing and that was like 10 years before i left oh wow mm -hmm. so that was kind of the first big thing but i just kind of like dug into well, i'm gonna get married i'm gonna have these kids and like life was just crazy and hectic i mean three babies and toddlers yeah. and yeah. Just, yeah i was just trying to survive and i think i really for the most part, the church worked for me. Like mm -hmm. I fit all of the boxes that make it easy. Yeah, and it gets comfortable. And I think um, we've ta I've talked about it before with other people where it's like it keeps you busy. The church keeps you so busy that you just kind of like you questions don't aren't able to even filter through. Like you're able to just right. focus on it so much that it just it becomes your life, and you don't have time to even question it. So. Exactly. Sounds like that's kind of what it was going for you. Mm -hmm. And and like everyone I everyone I knew, all my family, all my friends, everyone I interacted with, besides the few gay friends that I kind of cut myself off from, were all in the church. So it was just easy to just do that. Yeah. Um, my my biggest kind of like next thing was um, I so I didn't know this until I started having kids, but I have a like corner at uterus um which is basically like my uterus is deformed um and so all my pregnancies were high risk um i had to have c-sections and that was really hard on me like me as a teenager as a young adult envisioning my life i thought you know i was gonna have six kids and babies are gonna be easy for me and all yeah. that and it just wasn't to the point where I'm having my third kid and I'm like, I think I want to get my tubes tied. Like during the C-section, I want to get my tubes tied. Um, yeah. Which, you know, I remember reading the church handbook on it because I wanted guidance. Like, is this okay? And the church handbook is like, clearly states like, this no. is highly <laughs> discouraged. Like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> and it was like, but like, I, like I physically cannot have any more kids. 
Like, right. I can't keep doing this. It's too hard. Um, I can't keep doing this. And so I got my tooth tied. Like, I just, I went against, that was the first time I really, like, went against what the church said to do, like, ever. Um, and I have never, for a second, regretted that decision. Like, awesome. that was the decision I needed to make for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just started me thinking, like, okay, well, if that decision was the right decision for me, but it went against church teachings, what what else is there? And so it just kind of got my wheel spinning, and I was just more uncomfortable. Um, and then two years later, I had the opportunity to buy a wedding venue. Um, yeah. And at the time, I was a stay-at-home mom, and I just felt like, like I, I really was miserable being a stay-at-home mom, but like that's what I was supposed to do. Right. And so it was like, I was at this crossroads of like, can I still be a good mom? Can I still be a good Mormon mom and own and run a business? And I went back and forth. I remember like crying on my kitchen floor being like, I want to do this, but Mm -hmm. all the reasons that I want to do this are selfish. Uh, Yeah. And like, and luckily my husband was, extremely supportive he was mm-hmm. like do it like because i would never have done that if he wasn't like you know buy the wedding venue go work like it's fine yeah. and so i did awesome. and again one of the best decisions for me like immediately my mental health improved um i got a nanny to help around the house and with the kids like it was just like this was the right decision for me and again it went again against church teaching Mm. and so it was just like what else is there (laughs) yeah it's interesting to see this pattern that you're kind of presenting is that like um the the like the um getting your tubes tied was like uh putting yourself in front of the church you know and that was and you felt even though you, and then you wrestled with both of these decisions, like getting a career and um, stopping, you know, stopping any more pregnancies and like that kind of thing. So, um, but it's, that's exactly what the church gets in your brain to do, to indoctrinate you to, especially for women is to, you just, you, you have to put your, you're just there to give babies and, you know, do, you know, to be a mother and that's the best thing you can do in the world. And that's, if you choose anything else, selfless, it's selfish. Yeah. Serve everybody. Mm -hmm. And I made these two decisions that were very selfish Mm -hmm. is is how I kind of viewed them is, is like why they went against church teachings because they were selfish. Yeah. You know, but they were what I needed. Mm hmm. Um, and so at the same time as that was kind of going on, um, I also started reading like Rough Stone Rolling. Oh, yeah. Um, the CES letter. Um, uh, which one? Oh, man, I don't think I read that one. Um, but I just I started digging into church history and it was actually I was doing it because my family was doing this book club where like once a month we'd get together and read this book and my dad kept putting out like 
these like church history books i think because he wanted to like inoculate us you know what i mean yeah like, for of course to know about church history so <laughs> right. like, like strengthen our testimony or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was reading these books and i was like what the fuck <laughs> How come no one taught me this till now? Right. And (laughs) it's funny that um, like the church history that the church tells versus real church history, totally like Disney version versus (laughs) Grim's fairy (laughs) tale. Yes, you know, and I remember asking my dad, like, how come, how come no one told me this? How come I didn't know this till now? And he's like, well, you know. If 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 every church member knew that, they would leave. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so <laughs> that's uh, awesome. <laughs> and then, I, kind I, of simultaneously, as like, I just bought the wedding venue. I started reading church history books. Um. I found out my youngest child um, is on the autism spectrum. Oh, yeah. Um, my parents um, kind of announced that they were getting divorced, which was like. Oh, that's huge. <laughs> huge. Huge. No one in our family had like ever been divorced, especially if they were active LDS. Yeah. You know, they went to the temple every week together. My dad was the bishop. Like, they were like, we're getting divorced. And I was like, wait, no, 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 no. Like, (laughs) you you follow the formula. You follow the Mormon formula. Like, your marriage is supposed to be, like, extra special and blessed. And they're like, yeah, we've never really liked each other. Like, (laughs) what? You're like, so the blueprint's wrong, is what you're telling me. (laughs) And so I started freaking out about my own marriage, because I could see very similar things, like patterns in my parents' marriage, with my marriage, and so I got into therapy. So, like, all these things kind of hit simultaneously, where I was going to therapy, my parents were getting divorced, I just bought this business, Um, my youngest son um, found out he had special needs, like all of this was hitting at the same time um and it was just like my brain couldn't handle it um Mm. and then COVID hit oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) damn (laughs) girl got no breaks (laughs) yeah (laughs) so like all of that happened for about a year and then COVID hit and then it was like okay and all I could do was just sit at home and think mm. and it things just started falling apart and I just by the end of summer 2020 I was like the church is bullshit like it is a hundred percent bullshit and I'm mm. not doing this anymore <laughs> <laughs> wow that's so yeah so, um, and that's when you started, like, with TikTok and uh, that kind of stuff. So that's how I just so I, it was from TikTok. Yeah. So. <laughs> I actually didn't. I, so I, like, officially decided I was done October 2020 conference. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to give this conference one more shot. I'm going to watch it. I watched it and I was like, yeah, I'm done. Oh, wow. um, and that's when I started my Instagram page was, like, the next day. Because I actually had quite quite a 
large following. I was very open about all the things I was questioning about on social media. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of in my like deep dive in church history, I like, I started it to prove that the church was true. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. like I wanted to know that the church was true. And so, you know, I, I, I was doing a lot of posts about like how the, there's things wrong culturally in the church, you know, like live mm-hmm. to change these things. Like, and I, and I had a fairly big following and I was just kind of on like on my personal page. And the day I decided that I was like officially done, I made a separate Instagram page called actual agency. Um, mm-hmm. And I just kind of like let it all out. <laughs> so I was like, I, I, cause I, uh, most of the people following me were Mormon. And I was like, if you want to keep following me, like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. push it on you on my, you know, my personal Instagram or my personal Facebook or whatever. I'm just gonna, just gonna scooch over here. And if you want to hear what I really have to say, I'm over here. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, was, I posted on that for a few months and then I actually didn't download TikTok um, until December, 2020. Okay. So, wow. but then I started making videos. Yeah. You're, um, for listeners, uh, it's, and I'll probably put this in the inter- introduction, but your Instagram is at actual underscore agency. Yeah, it? actual underscore agency is both yeah. my TikTok and my Instagram. Yeah, and yeah. she's putting out amazing content. That's um, and I remember there was something that you posted, um, and it was just like you crying, and it just gave me chills. And it's just like you're so vulnerable on there, and I just I think it's very important to have that out there. And I um, just want to commend you for that, as far as like putting that, because a lot of people are. Um, like afraid to show that side of them and like especially i think um you see some of these exmo content creators they just want to show like the that they're like powerful and they've got this like that they're they're better off without the church and yeah there's that side but there's also the side where it's like just pain you know and so and i mm-hmm. i think you're one of the few that i've seen that have like actually shown that side and i think it's um very important to have that out there as well so um, I appreciate that. It, it, some days I'm like, wish I wasn't so vulnerable. <laughs> but um, but I, I do, I just put it out there. And I think, like, is my life better without the church? 100%. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like, it was my entire life. My entire, like, support system and community deteriorated when I left. I am now looking at some mental health issues that I used to view in the lens of the church and like the spirit talking to me or whatever. And now I'm realizing, no, that's, you know, not what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) And just like dealing with life, like I'm having to make actual choices. Mm -hmm. I'm having to like actually live my life and having a learning curve like in the real world when my whole world was in this Mormon bubble is like it's really hard sometimes yeah because you have that built-in structure with the church and you have like guidelines like you're saying guidelines you have a format for a formula to follow and you have all this and then once you leave it's like uh (laughs) who am I without this who am I what if right yeah there's it's hard to yeah. and it's hard to navigate that and I think we like 
especially like Mormons looking from the inside out, they're like, uh, well, you're just angry. And it's like, well, yeah, but like, there's also like, the reason we can't leave it alone is because we are trying to figure out why, like, we're trying to take what pieces we have from that and build our own, our new life again. And so that's right. And we also want to spare people from the same pain that we've, we've endured. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I can't even count how many um, people like that have reached out to me, um, you know, either through Instagram or TikTok, just being like, thank you. Like, I felt like I was alone in this, mm-hmm. you know, and it, that's that's what keeps me <laughs> going as far as posting is just like, like, look, there's a life outside of Mormonism and mm-hmm. it's hard at times because like everyone's life is hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But you know, you can you can live, you can leave and still have a life. Like Absolutely. Yeah. Um I think on that what was that there was that talk. I keep thinking about this lately, is that I can't remember remember who says it. Where will you go? I mean there's a lot of them yeah. that say that, but like where will you <laughs> I think go? It's Ballard like, or something. Yeah, yeah, always. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> um so what like you said, you had friends, um, like when you were during Prop Eight, that were gay. Like, have you been able to get in contact with them again, or are you like? Yes, I, that... I kind of skipped over that. But like, one of my very best friends from high school, um, he moved to New York, and like before COVID and stuff, he was actually touring with the Book of Mormon musical. <laughs> oh, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which I never went and saw because, like. Uh, to watch that. Oh, no, blast me. But like kind of right before COVID hit, and while I was still kind of dealing with all this, I took a trip to New York with my mom and kind of met up with him and just kind of reconnected. And and I've also reconnected with like, like a lot of the other friends that had left. And, mm-hmm. and as I opened up about me leaving publicly, I had a lot of people reach out to me like, oh, yeah, me too. But I had no idea. Uh, oh, I've had that too. It's crazy how that's happening. <laughs> right. Like, I, I'm people that I don't back expect, at like, my I'm friends like... in high school. And I only know of, like, one or two that are still in. Uh-huh. You know, and they might not be publicly like, I'm out. Or, like, I don't think anyone's as publicly out as I am. But... So it's <laughs> good thing, though. Like, um, what was I going to ask you? There was, um, oh man, I'm doing great. I run a professional podcast, Sherelle, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, let's see. What were, I guess, um, oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Here we go. Um, so, like, you live in Utah still, right? And you're, yeah. how is it being? Exmo in the, I mean I'm not much better like Idaho, but like <laughs> at least at least have like a little bit of <laughs> separation from separated. it. Yeah. Um, for like the first few months, I literally would just like look at houses on the East Coast 
<laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I just gotta get out of here. I go, I just want to live somewhere yeah. where it doesn't matter what my standing is in the church. I want to live somewhere where for my kids, it doesn't matter what your standing is in the church. Um, but, but I'm still in Utah. Our business is here. I don't think we're leaving anytime soon. Um, it's gotten easier. The, the thing about living in Utah, there's a lot of Mormons, but there's also a lot of ex-Mormons. You know, like, I have support here. Um, are we still good? You still hear me? It's breaking, it's breaking up a little bit, but you're good. I think it's... Yeah, we're good. I think we're good. Okay. Um, and that, like, they're building a brand new temple, like, down the street from my business that I have to drive past every day. And for a long time, it was just like, I'd flip the temple off and be so angry and just think about all the wasted <laughs> money, you know, that they could actually be helping people with. Um, and I get that, like, they think that by building temples they're helping people eternally like i understand that perspective but like once you're out it's just so fucking frustrating <laughs> that they're spending <laughs> millions and millions and millions of dollars on these buildings that less than one percent of the earth's population can even use yeah i don't it's um ugh, such a waste <laughs> uh so I get frustrated, like, it in that sense, where, like, I can't even leave my neighborhood without passing a church. I can't get to my business without passing a temple. Like, it's just, like, it's triggering. It's everywhere. A lot of the times, um, especially with, like, politics, um, mm-hmm. like, Mike Lee. <laughs> Because everything going basically on. have a theocracy there. <laughs> so. Yes, basically have a theocracy. Yeah. Like the liquor laws here are absolutely ridiculous, and having mm-hmm. to jump through the hoops that we do for our business to have a liquor law, like have a liquor license, is just like yeah, it's really it, the the people that are running. I went to. Oh. No, go ahead. You go ahead. I was just saying the people that are running, like the DABC, the people that are making these laws, never drink alcohol. Oh yeah. They have yeah. no idea. Like it's just it's they're they're just ridiculous. Exactly. In it was a Mormon wedding in Utah, and I hadn't been. I had been in the Navy, so I'd been kind of away from everything, like separated from it all. Like I, it's really nice, but then like going back to it, and like I was in Utah, and I was like looking for like looking for a bar was hard enough looking for we tried to find those little shooters couldn't find anywhere that had them like we had to go like scour whatever and then um went to this their um went to this mexican restaurant for their wedding breakfast i asked for a margarita they were like we don't serve margaritas here and i was like what yeah. <laughs> How can you be a Mexican restaurant and not have margaritas? <laughs> yeah. Oh. But uh, um, so speaking of what, <laughs> I guess that's a good kind of segue. What, what are what are your uh, that's what are you, now that you're out? Like, what's your? I guess obviously you drink alcohol, but like, what do you what do you drink? <laughs> Or if you do, oh, I guess. Oh, I, <laughs> I shouldn't assume. Yeah. <laughs> so when we first left, it was interesting because, like, we had 
you know, we own a wedding venue. We had kind of like bartended a lot and never tried anything. So, and so we finally okay. were like, we're out. We tried everything. I, yeah. <laughs> like, I think we were drunk every night for like three months. Not because we were like trying to get drunk, but just because we wanted to try yeah. everything. <laughs> I love it. Um, and like margaritas, love margaritas. Um, yes. I can't think of anything that I really like, don't like. I mean, it just depends on like the scenario. Yeah. Um, but I, we don't drink that much anymore. Like, if I'm out to dinner, I'll have a glass of wine. If I'm having tacos, I'll have a margarita. But it's, my stomach can't handle that. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> the older I get, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> no, honey. <laughs> the hangovers last way too long now. So. Yes. <laughs> um, what are some of your, I guess, quote-unquote vices that you have now that you're out i guess i shouldn't call them vices. they're not really <laughs> like normal normal things. yeah normal like... <laughs> things that people do that mormons think are vices I guess. <laughs> um i would say like my favorite one would be iced tea which oh, yeah. is just so like like anyone else in the world would be like iced tea oh, yeah that's, that's cool. like yeah like <laughs> not a vice but but yeah. <laughs> Coffee makes me like, I mean, I like coffee, but it just makes me hella anxious. Like, yeah. I can't drink it. Mm-hmm. Um, but any type of iced tea, I'm just drinking iced tea all day long. It's like the perfect amount of caffeine for me. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so. That is, re- I mean, I'm sure like never Mormons that are listening to this, if they do, they're like, iced tea, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, I did not have iced tea until I was 30, okay? Like... <laughs> Girl break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so let's see, there's uh we've already kind of talked about how social media has helped you. Um but like are there uh how has like having your TikTok account helped you like deconstructing? I think it was so valuable. Because I really, I mean, I started that Instagram and kind of TikTok within the first six months of me leaving. Mm-hmm. And I think it was so valuable to be able to tell my story and have it validated like that that was fucking insane. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. <laughs> like it, just have people be like, wow, tell me more. That is fascinating. Like you like and me getting into it. And I mean, like you, you were in a cult, you were abused, yeah. like just have people like reiterate that because I felt at times it felt crazy, you know, because oh, still yeah. my community, my family, you know, everyone's in. Um, and so to just have people be like, no, like, this you're is, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to be able to, I think, kind of work through those different conversations that I had had with family members mm-hmm. and be able to, like, make TikToks out of that. It's just kind of like process, like... Mm-hmm no like this is the whole long list of why i left the church and why it's insane uh-huh. and like then just be able to put that out there and have that validated you know yeah absolutely that's kind of what the podcast does for me too like i totally understand and like hearing other people's stories i like to have a lot of guests like you on here to in order to that's exactly why i have them have people on here so that i can they can get their story out people can relate to it um and also just like like 
the X-Men community just has like that. We have that bond. It's like a trauma bond. And I, I, um, I, uh, I think it's very important to have that out there. So, um, what would you, if you could, um, talk to Mormon Sherelle back in whenever, like when she was like (laughs) straight and narrow path, what would you say to her now? Like if you could travel back in time. Uh, I've thought about that so many times and I just, I don't think that I would have been receptive to anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew the church was true. Yeah. And I knew I was God's chosen and that I was on the right path. I don't think anything I could have said or done would have impacted me or changed what I had done. Like it had to have been my whole life was falling apart. Mm-hmm. And COVID hit at the same time for me to be knocked out of that. Like basically the whole foundation that you had had to come out from under you in order for it to for change, real change to happen. That's kind yeah. of what happened with me is my um my oldest oldest sister passed away and then um and I was obviously all already dealing with like gay feelings and you know, like suppressing that and then like it became a question of like, do I continue holding this grief, this unbearable grief that I have and suppressing my gay feelings? And then I, um, and then like, it all just kind of like, like spewed out. And I was just like, okay, well I can't do all of this anymore. So I'm just gonna, I gotta just walk away. And that's, it's, it's sad that, it takes tragedy and trauma for that to happen and then for us to um, base our, like, what our upbringing has done to us. But, like, we're all the better for it, honestly. Like, yeah. Um, what, let's see, there was, uh, I'm trying to think of, what are, like, some of your, um, like, biggest supports now, though? Like, I know, like, when we have the, the church like we have you said before we have a you have built-in church support system and like you lost like you lose a lot of relationships that way do you mm-hmm. how do you find support now so my husband left at the same time i did which mm-hmm. thank the universe like i yeah. don't know how that happened <laughs> <laughs> my mom left at the same time i did oh wow okay so her divorce happened and COVID hit at the same time and we just kind of deconstructed together like the three of us um and then I have most of the people that uh work at my business are either Nevermo or Exmo um Mm -hmm. and also some that like deconstructed at the same time as well with COVID and everything um so and then I have like a few of those friends that I reconnected with that have also left. Um, mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's like my. Your, sub- your immediate support system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then I also have like, like my in-laws were extremely upset about us leaving and I think still are, but mm-hmm. they've also been like not pushy. Like, oh, that's, yeah. they're not like, you know, sending us conference talks or being 
like they're, they're still trying safe. to reconvert you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like they're they're still safe. It's been hard to kind of like. There definitely is a wedge there, mm-hmm. with us leaving, um, but they're definitely still pretty safe. Um, oh, my dad, I when the divorce happened and I was leaving, I kind of cut him out completely for about two years. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just barely starting to kind of reconnect with him. I, I told him I wouldn't talk to him unless it was in a therapist's office. Oh, wow. So yeah. We're going to therapy. So That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so we've done like four months of therapy now every week. And, and so I, I feel like we're repairing there a little bit. Like I, I have him in my life, but not like just as much as I want him to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You've established a boundary with him, so that's that's yeah. good. Yeah. That's important. Um, do you, let's see, what do you do for, like, self-care now? Like, are you, um, are there things that you do to cope? And Yeah, I feel like when, when I was in, I was struggling so badly with my mental health and didn't, I'm mean, like, I realized it, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like getting up at 5am to read my scriptures and then go to the gym. And then I was eating like a whole food plant-based diet based off of the word of wisdom. And like, yeah. like I was homeschooling. I was like, I was just going 24 seven nonstop. Mm-hmm. Like my callings were time consuming. Um, I just, I just went and went and went and went and went and I, and I, I didn't know how to just rest. Mm-hmm. Like a zero idea of how to just like be. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like that's kind of my biggest thing right now is like, I will schedule like one social thing a week. Um, and I just, I just chill. Like, I feel like I'm still recovering from yeah. just how much that consumed my life and how much I pushed my body past the point that I should have been and my mind. Yeah. Running yourself ragged for, yeah. And just go, go, go for, for like running on endless, yeah. <laughs> an endless treadmill going nowhere, but you're moving at high speeds and <laughs> right. And I yeah. think my, like my anxiety and my like, fight or flight was just like always activated and some of that had to do with more like with my dad than the church but they were very interconnected mm-hmm. and so now I just I just do what I want I go to work I water my plants I take care of my puppy and my kids I go on a walk I take a nap like I just I'm just figuring out like where my new normal is still yeah, getting that pattern down and like uh, it's good to yeah take time to breathe and just like I've had to do that too. Like I'm just like like uh, today I just I literally like Sundays are usually my day. I just like literally barely leave the bed because I'm just like and I watch TV and I I there's still that like guilt in my head like you gotta be doing something you gotta be doing something you know and I'm just uh-huh. like nope nope it's nope. fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's. I think because we're raised in such a high demand 
culture. And you did mention, I was going to mention that because you had mentioned during your background about like how you kind of started picking at the culture of the church. And I think that's something that I started doing too. Um, like, especially like I worked at, worked at Desert Book. I uh, was going to church at church church and school at BYU-Idaho and um, like I was just inundated with it and so like and I would get so frustrated and I'd be like it's not the church I hate it's the culture you know and just like but the, <laughs> you know it's kind of a, <laughs> but like same same <laughs> you know like, <laughs> like the culture derives from the doctrine like the, yeah. there's no like there's no differentiation separate it. you know people are like oh that's just Utah Mormons I'm like, it's mm. Utah Mormons because there's more of us here. Yeah. But it's the same culture that derives from the doctrine, that derives from the theology. Like, that yeah. is the problem. <laughs> that is the problem. <laughs> yeah, it's not just the jello. It's the, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there was a... Let's see. The, um, so, what was... Uh, how is like leaving? We've kind of talked about your relationship. But how has it like affected your view of yourself and like your confidence level? And like, um, I know for women, especially, it's in the church. Like the modesty, obviously, the purity is a huge deal. Um, but like, can you kind of speak to that a little bit? Um, I think oh, there's just so much. It's like, I was so anxious all the time, making sure I was getting all the things done mm -hmm. um, that I just felt like I was failing all the time. Because mm -hmm. um, even if I went to the temple that week and I did my calling and I took care of my kids, maybe my house wasn't as clean or I didn't write in my journal or, you know, just like, <laughs> yeah. just the ridiculous amount of stuff that is expected from Mormons, but especially Mormon women, um, is just completely unattainable. Oh, yeah. And so I was constantly just feeling like I wasn't good enough um, mm. to switching to, like, my life can be whatever I want it to be. Like, I can do whatever I want to do. I, I think I actually spent... There's probably a year and a half where I literally didn't cook a meal because I had been cooking every meal from scratch for, you know, yeah. nine years Ugh. and think, thinking that's what God wanted me to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. like, I couldn't just not. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just like. Because God forbid you get choose, takeout. Like, we're getting takeout today. Everybody's yeah. cereal, like, and knowing that, like, that's not, like, a moral choice. Right. Just being able to take a step back and be like, this is my life. I can do what I want with it. Um, mm. And the, all these things that I thought were, like, moral choices of, like, what underwear I was wearing and how clean my house was and, you know, just things that just didn't even matter. Mm -hmm. To just, like, take those off the table completely and just see myself. It, it's still, like, a work in progress of just, like, what do I want with my life? Who am yeah. I? I don't know. I don't know. But but I'm yeah. not so worried. Like, 
I feel like I was always living in the eternal perspective of like the color that I paint my room could affect my eternal salvation, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. And to just to just be able to be mindful and just live in the moment mm. and just appreciate my life in the moment instead of constantly be worrying about the mistakes that I made or my eternal salvation. Mm-hmm. Like I can just and I get to decide. Like, I feel like I talked about this a little bit before um, about how, like, my mental health, I, I think I was having the way I think the spirit was, the spirit was talking to me um, was kind of like manic episodes mm-hmm. um, where I feel really driven to do very impulsive things. Um, mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, that would be like, get married, get pregnant, buy a house, like the things that like the church wanted, I would just like do these things very, very impulsively. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I'm able to be like, that's not the spirit telling me what to do. That's just like my brain. Yeah. And me being like, I don't, I don't have to do that. Like I can just choose what I'm going to do right now instead of following mm-hmm. like the voice in my head telling me what to do. <laughs> that's, um, does, that, does that sound like, yeah. does, does that make any sense? Is that psychotic? No, it totally makes sense because like, I, and I, I go back to this a lot too, is like, they talk about the Holy ghost and how it's supposed to be this spiritual guide for you. And you're supposed to always rely on this and it makes it so that you can't rely on yourself. And so, and so any thought that you have, is like that's good and like driving you to do something good is because of the Holy Ghost. It's not because of you. It's not because you, you're able to like like you have to and anything that's bad is obviously either you're you're being selfish or you're being whatever or you're letting Satan tempt you. And um, so there's like this. You're able to separate yourself from. Uh, good decisions and bad decisions. Like you, like you're just kind of like, you don't really have control over yet. They talk about this free agency and you have no control over really, because like when it comes down to it, you have this guide that's saying, here, go this way. Or you have to say and saying, go this way, you know? And so, and, and I, you like, can I always of, like, I, I switched which college I was going to. Because oh, yeah. the spirit told me to, like, I just had like this wave of emotion which mm-hmm. thinking back, I'm thinking was probably just like a manic episode or something, you know, like where I like yeah. changed all of my life plans because I had this wave of emotion telling me that I should go to this college instead. And yeah. I just think if I hadn't been so indoctrinated and brainwashed to think that that was God talking to me, mm-hmm. my life would be completely different. And there's so many moments like that where I just like dropped everything yeah. to follow the spirit instead of actually making my decisions. Ah, uh, yeah. I was going to ask you about that. There was, um, I sent you, <laughs> listeners will appreciate this. I am not a much very prepared person, but I'm turning over a new leaf. The tables <laughs> are turned and I am being more prepared. <laughs> so Terrell is the first guest I've had on here where I've actually sent questions to her beforehand. So <laughs> um, usually I'm just like, here, say whatever you want. We'll just talk whatever, whatever. Anyway, but <laughs> um, the one thing, so there was another uh now i forgot what it was now i gotta look at my questions here and just say um 
so it kind of goes with what you were talking about. It's like, um, can you recall a moment when you were a Mormon and you were like, you felt like, oh, this is absolutely true. And this is like, the church is true. And this is, I'm doing what's right. And um, I guess like, and what would you, what do you think of that moment now? Looking in hindsight. I, I think like the college example is something um, like deciding to have kids. Like I felt like this intense pressure to have kids, first of all. And then I felt like this, like I got this moment in the temple, of, like you need to get pregnant now, even though you're 19, like, uh-huh. and like following that. Mm-hmm. And I think now it's just like, I was being emotionally manipulated. I had, you know, waves Absolutely. of intense emotion and I would just follow that. And mm-hmm. for the most part, I mean, they pushed me to do things that society would deem as like, I'm successful. Like I got married, I had kids, I bought a house, a business, like, but a lot of those decisions were made very impulsively and not really mm-hmm. made by me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were, yeah. but. But were they, but you had the, like, we kind of talked about how you, like, there's, there's always that filter of the church with it and the moral obligation towards like every decision, like there's something moral attached to it. I think, I like how you said that, that there's like, even like down to like, I'm going to make dinner tonight. There's a moral decision with that. And I, it's because it's what's required of me. And I think that's, and no wonder we're exhausted, <laughs> you know, like right. just like <laughs> mentally, physically, it's just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so what would, let's see, I guess, what would you, uh, what advice would you give to somebody like if you were talking to somebody that was questioning the church? Oh, I would say like, gosh. <laughs> I know that's kind of a loaded <laughs> question. <laughs> um, whichever path you kind of go down, you're going to disappoint people. And that's going to be really hard. But, like, you have to do what's right for you. And it's going to feel really, really scary. But, like, you'll get through it. Yeah, I like that. I didn't... That's a good point about the disappointing people, no matter what you... And um, <laughs> that's for the longest time. Like, me staying in the in the closet was all about other people's feelings. It was never about me. And I was, um, and once it finally became about me is when I came out. So um, I think that's, and I actually just read, it's from Latter-gay Stories. They said talking about like, instead of saying coming out, it's letting people in. And I think that kind of comes along with um, like coming out of the church too. Like you're letting people into like who you actually are regardless of, you know, like, if it's being gay or, like, coming out as ex-Mormon, you know, like, you're letting somebody into that space where you can, and knowing the real you, and I, mm-hmm. I think that's, 
beautiful way to, to put it. And, like, it's scary. It's scary to it go is. from, like, I was probably, like, the favorite grandchild. You know, like, I was the oldest. <laughs> like, everyone looked yeah. to me. You know, I, I hit, I the knocked, example. like, checked all the boxes. I was the example person. And so, like, I let a lot of people down. People were mm-hmm. very upset. But once I kind of, like, hit the rock bottom of, like, not having to base my life choices on what other people expected of me, it's like, mm-hmm. there's this huge freedom in just being able to do whatever the fuck I want. Like, yeah. like <laughs> I've already disappointed everybody. Like, <laughs> now I can just be me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, um... I feel like this is kind of a side note. This is going to huge shift. I don't really even like, <laughs> I segue is not my thing apparently, but um, do you, so your business, you do wedding venues. Are you, is that correct? And then you, um, so is it, it's obvious, is it like receptions or like full on weddings? Like it's. Um, uh, depends on if they're Mormon or not. <laughs> I was going to say, do you have like, a lot of Mormon clientele and <laughs> we do. I we have probably twenty five percent of our clientele is Mormon and like fifty Mormon adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it I can tell whether or not they're Mormon just by looking at like the menu. Oh yeah. <laughs> the timeline, the venue, yeah. the headcount. Like it's they're just Mormon weddings are just so different than like uh-huh. regular weddings. Um yeah. and it's just it's just interesting. And sometimes it sometimes it bugs me. Sometimes I have to like take a step back because it's triggering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I but we're happy to do whoever's wedding and like right. like it's, but we're in Utah, so we're we deal with that. It's it's interesting. Yeah. It's funny trying to like. So we're part of like a national organization as far as like wedding venues go, and this particular guy who I uh, work with, who like runs our advertising and kind of helps with things like that. Like trying to explain to him like what a Mormon wedding looks like and the timeline that they book under, mm-hmm. like. He could not, he could not compute. Like, (laughs) like, like, so 25% of your business books three months out, like, and and they don't do a ceremony, but they have 400 guests that come and eat a cookie. Like, (laughs) like, like, yeah. It's so weird. When you think, yeah, thinking that outside outside perspective, like I didn't do three months out, and then like you have like other people that are like outside of the church, they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna get married in like two years, so we're gonna start booking our venue now. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, <laughs> like we have like people that book like eighteen months out, and uh-huh. then we have people that book like three to six months out. <laughs> and what's kind of fun, what I think is hilarious is when Mormons are like mad that we don't have a weekend date available, uh, and I'm like you. If you're a Mormon, you can't get married on a Saturday. Yeah. There's sorry. not availability. Like, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to settle with a Wednesday. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that is interesting because uh, I've oh 
fun fact did you know so you know the you probably know this actually because um and i just it blew my mind did you know that the um there's new guidelines in the church that so you know how you used to have to like you get a civil union or whatever civil marriage whatever and you have to wait a year to get married in the temple now it's like two weeks they changed that they changed it like i want to say about two years ago and it actually kind of changed the culture of the Mormon wedding, they'll do like a ring ceremony. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll get sealed a couple days later. So it kind of gives them the flexibility yeah. of like doing the venue on a Wednesday when it's available and then <laughs> yeah. on a Saturday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. So it's kind of nice that, that, that they did kind of, I think yeah. that's how it was everywhere else except for the United States and Canada or something. Oh, right. um, just because like legally it doesn't make a whole lot of sense everywhere else yeah but <laughs> oh so yeah. weird i just found that out i didn't know it was a like two-year-old rule like change thing who said oh yeah i yeah i was like wait a second they just got married like they just got married how are they getting married mm-hmm. still in the temple now i was just so confused <laughs> yeah uh which i mean which is good it makes sense yeah and it's allowing more people to do like a civil ceremony and include their non-member more fam- people. Family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think I think one of the most difficult things I've had to endure in this journey of leaving the church was sitting outside for my oh, brother's yeah. marriage. Oh, yeah. Like I. I didn't get to attend my brother's wedding wow. because I wasn't worthy. But it's mm. not even that I wasn't worthy. Like I actually had a temple recommend, but I wasn't going to use it. Like, yeah, I didn't believe in the church. Like, mm-hmm. so I got to sit outside and Ugh, I miss out on that. But at the same time, like ugh, going to those ceilings, I'm like, mm, right. This is... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you didn't have an idea that you were in a cult before you know it now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, right. well did you have any um anything else you wanted to to say like any last words final words (laughs) i'm just kidding i don't know i i not really. I mean, unless you have any other questions or anything. Oh, um, I'm just really glad that you were able to do this. You're, um, I think, I didn't know most of your story. Like, I've, I'll watch your TikToks and I just like, I'm a little, little fanboy, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm like hugely honored that you had took the time to sit down with me today. So. And I think listeners will definitely love to hear what you like, what you've had to say. There's been some really like aha moments for me, so I know it'll resonate with some of the people too. So thank you so yeah, much. Awesome. <laughs> You're welcome.